Hello and welcome to another episode of Warm Blanket, the podcast where we embark on a journey to see what makes us feel good about Star Trek. Where, are, where is our love come from and what it means for us? In short, what is our warm blanket? My name is Gary, I'm your host and I'm very fortunate to welcome here for a very first time Chris, the Trek collector. He's best known from his work from YouTube, where he dives into different model builds and ship reviews from Star Trek, Star Wars, and other sci-fi universes. He also appears and co-hosts on the Nerd Escape podcast alongside the other Irish Trekkie, Damien. <laughs> the real Irish Trekkie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fortunate that he's here with us, and so let's give him a warm welcome. So welcome, Chris. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. And thank you for having me on the show, Gary. Um, nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's a pleasure. It's a, it's, it's a rare occasion because I think this is our first um, like one-on-one um, conversation. We have been um, chatting a few times, in a sense, um, over the Nerdscape podcast and, and a few times. And of course, we have some shenanigans over on Twitter. But, but yeah, this is like the first time when you're... You're in my side. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm Irish trekkie list today. <laughs> so, um, as you probably know, this um, podcast is basically talking about our love um, and what is our love um, towards Star Trek. So, um, first thing first, uh, how did you get into Star Trek? What what was your biggest influence to get into um, to Star Trek? I was always fascinated with space uh, from an early age, just looking up at the stars, just being like daydreaming of space and then i think early learning about the the moon race uh, the apollo missions uh, the space shuttle always fascinated me so i think at an early age just always fascinated by that kind of stuff and then by chance i think i was very fairly young and i think it was bbc2 at the time and that'd be a uk broadcasting uh, tv station was showing a program called star trek and straight away it was love at first sight that's pretty much it and um, just just loved captain james t kirk loved uh Chekhov, probably one of my favorite characters but just yeah loved loved star trek ever since and you never looked back never looked back <laughs> <laughs> then i well, i'm wondering how did um the show affect your life i mean obviously you you as you mentioned you you got into the show um quite early um in your childhood and um you're still being an established man <laughs> you're still watching the show how did it affect your life overall i think back in the day i think star trek the original series just did uh, some fantastic episodes and just really really um just made hit some points that you know was definitely needed um so you know like there was just fantastic ways of trying to just get a point across i'm just trying to think of a tos episode that i, I like i just remember from an early age and it's just absolutely like it just really hit the hammer on the nail with like uh race at the time and i'm just trying to think mind blank of course uh let that be your last battlefield was absolutely fantastic one of the most standout tos episodes just to teach people like there is no difference um we're all literally humans and i think any tv show that can actually get that into somebody young probably at the age of eight or nine i think is can only be a good thing you know that that episode was just literally uh i think the enterprise comes across a gentleman and his face is white on one side black on the other side and they're fighting a war 
and basically they're fighting against uh, people that have black on the opposite side and white on the other side. So I thought it was absolutely groundbreaking and uh, just great storyline. It was a pointless war that they were fighting. So yeah. Wow. So this is an extremely interesting, um, and I, I was I meant to get back to these sort of questions in the end of the um, discussion or towards the end of the discussion, but I, I meant I need to ask. Um, so watching the original series and, and having this experience, have you experienced the same with the other Star Trek shows that came after, like Next Generation, DS9, up to even up to Picard? To I think these, yeah, I think Deep Space Nine really hit it. Um, not single praise that I was in the Deep Space Nine <laughs> documentary, which which was which was brilliant. But um, yeah, so yeah, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag there's an international star in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think Deep Space Nine uh, was probably the closest Star Trek to come back to hitting original uh, issues, which was just kind of fantastic. Um, between dealing with religion um, and just differences, just you know, I mean, it's just some of the best Star Trek writing there. So I, I honestly think. D Space Nine kind of ran away. I, I just think D Space Nine just had the best best scriptwriters, to be honest. With you. And they they kind of really honed in on what the original Star Trek was trying to do, but yet it was set in a darker kind of age of Star Trek, which was quite interesting. No, it is indeed. Um, so let's talk about your um, your YouTube. Um show the track collector first i i'm not sh i'm sure i'm not the only one and i'm maybe i'm i'm crossing the line here but how did you on twitter became the track collector instead of tr the track collector so where's where's that are missing <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it was a hard one to try and come up with a name at the time i know damien kind of got got in there and did the irish trekkie which was which is a really cool uh name and it was one of those that you know, just kind of like you didn't want to take something that someone else had had used. Um, so it's it, it's an interesting one, but uh, <laughs> it probably going back if I could change it, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I think the name is kind of stuck now at this point. So uh, yeah, um, the YouTube channel, it it's like I I kind of have a very kind of work heavy work life. Um, so the videos were kind of like would be occasional and the great well it's not really a great thing i suppose like you know what i mean everyone's confined at the moment so uh like the great thing is going back and actually having the time now at the moment to expand on the channel and just do more um like the reviews are down to five minutes just dealing with like a lot of feedback um i think that's a very great thing about youtube as well like even negative um comments and i think it, it helps from the, the line of work that i've been in the hospitality and so forth like that like any criticism you get, you know, you can look at it and take it to heart, or you can kind of say, okay, well, I can see where this person's going um, to expand the, the YouTube channel. So, like, the five-minute reviews kicked in recently, which I think has been a better format because I think, like, either people won't have the ships um, and like to kind of go, oh, wonder what this person thinks of my ship, or two, someone hasn't got the ship, and I think the five-minute reviews just help uh, to make people make up their minds and the most satisfying review like the most satisfying comments I get from doing this is people that have been sitting on the fence or charity picking a collection so they're not a person that signed up to get every ship 
and you know seeing someone saying yeah after watching your video I decided to get that chip I'm really happy which is great because like I know with Eagle Moss there's been a lot of issues initially in the past with misaligned windows um, I know that <laughs> I slated the <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember some refit. of your videos. Uh, yeah, uh, the the enterprise refit I I, I slated uh, <laughs> because it's crap. <laughs> We've got to slate this mate, it's crap. But you know, if instead of someone giving out and you know having a hissy fit and giving Eagle Moss a hard time about it, look, I've done the review. <laughs> you know, you can see how bad a model is, and don't buy it. <laughs> Simple as save your money. Um, I think what Ben Robinson and the guys at Eagle Moss have done is just something fantastic for the Star Trek collector. Um, it's been a fantastic, fantastic collection. Um, and like, you know, it just gets stronger and stronger. The ships have greatly improved. And I think the benefit as well, that the success of the Star Trek Starship collection has led into the likes of the Battlestar Galactica range, which whatever way, whichever way they're getting the CGI files, had like that 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 collection has been flawless. You know, uh, apart from, I believe actually, one of the viewers I did the re review on Scar, the Cylon Raider, and uh, seems to be missing two engines, <laughs> which was you know what I mean. And I've I've looked at to go back and double check the the episode, but um, you know the the Discovery line of ships have been amazing. Um, and then there's the the concept ships which are absolutely fantastic um i might as well say it here like the star trek online i will be charity picking that collection it's not really i'm not a big star trek online fan i've tried it <laughs> oh, that's gonna be an official one because i i i seen some fan art and everything but i, I wasn't sure if that's gonna be an official collection yeah there is there is an official star trek online uh collection coming out from Eagle Moss. Um, they've announced the first few ships. I can't exactly remember what they are. Uh, Star Trek Online is kind of, some of the ships are really cool from it, but like it's it, it's each, each to their own. Like I, I wouldn't have too much time to play Star Trek Online. So that's kind of, and to me, there's always that sense of, you know, there's the, there's the touch of canon in me as well. So like I, I would regard the Enterprise F as canon. I think it was a great, novel idea by CBS at the time and Star Trek Online to come up and let the fans design the Enterprise F and I think the Odyssey class is it is nice um, wouldn't be the biggest fan of it but I do think it's a nice development for, for the Enterprise F So um, you being the um, the part of the Nerd Escape podcast um, I have to ask I wonder how did you two uh, meet how did how was the origin story behind the Nerd Escape podcast and and uh, the Irish Trek and the Trek Collector I'm sure I'm not sure if there's ever been as before but I'm just like wondering because you're basically in the both side of the island it's yeah <laughs> we're, we're opposite sides I, I'm Dublin and Damien is the west of the country it's Galway and it was more funny Damien I was initially thinking of doing YouTube videos and I was looking it up and so forth and I came across channel the Irish Trekkie and initially his reviews at the start I thought they were very very good um, love his positivity and through that just commenting on YouTube and we just managed to get in contact and we decided to do a show um, called The Nerd Escape um, the reason the name The Nerd Escape it's a funny one <laughs> because I was always trying to push for a more Star Trek name and Damien went with the idea of the Nerd Escape just to keep general sci-fi which is absolutely a great idea but we have never managed to get around from doing anything about Star Trek um, but I love Damien's positivity 
I know there's a lot of negativity out there sometimes when it comes to Star Trek and I think Star Trek fans were all guilty of <laughs> always giving out and then 10 years later looking back and going jeez that was great because <laughs> I remember yeah. uh, initially you know I was very very young when Next Generation first came out but I remember there was backlash over the next generation and like that went on to be probably one of the best TV series in the franchise um, again with Deep Space Nine it was not really you know what I mean I think the the cast always referred to it as the bad child of the family so you know what I mean but then again with Netflix and so forth like that it, it is a real binge show to watch and then Voyager, you know, again, stumbled across ratings. We got Enterprise, and again, I think Enterprise, I, I would have to say, it was one of the negativity people, negative people towards Enterprise, and not from too much. I just felt, I think uh, I stopped watching mid season two. Um, I just found it very, very hard. Didn't know where they were going. Might have got put off by the Romulans, I think. Um, but, uh, <laughs> You know, went back and gave it a chance and loved it. And the same, you know what I mean? It's just the history of Star Trek, the same with Discovery. And you know what I mean? It's it's great to have a positive kind of influence like Damien. That, you know what I mean? He would be very, very positive in the front of let, let Let's give it a go and see where it goes. So the negative side of me can be like tampered by Damien, which is great. Um, and it's kind of nice to have that neutral balance as well where we can you know, during our episodes, we can take the wee wee out of some things. So uh, we had we had a bit of fun with uh, our Picard uh, season one overall review. Um, and speaking of Picard, it was a yeah good good first start for a Star Trek series. I think like you know you got to realize ten episodes now is quite short. It's not the day of you know twenty twenty odd episodes yeah. a season. Uh, character development is key to continue a series and I think with Picard I think that they really did a great job um, I know the middle of it kind of just went a bit wishy-washy um, you know I, I do believe there's a lot probably of the middle you could cut off and you could probably trim Picard down to three episodes but I think what you walk away with at the end of season one is you have a sense of crew um, I feel sorry for Agnes I think Agnes is a character that really needs to be developed but overall I think yeah going into season two um, if the writers just kind of get a better plot and think the plot out a little bit stronger um, yeah it, it, it's going to be fantastic so yeah no enjoying Picard um, finding its faults but uh, yeah Picard is fairly cool <laughs> no it's it, it's it's really interesting to um, to watch Star Trek um, as you mentioned and you touched on as well that you know sometimes it comes out in the first time and you some of us doesn't like it straight away because I, I remember watching DS9 um, I, I was so desperate to see TNG and I haven't watched TNG and when the, in the TV the, um, the advertised like oh next generation and I was like sitting down front of the TV and Deep Space Nine I was like why do I have to watch this stupid space station that lasted for five minutes <laughs> yeah um, I think I think it's the, so bad the Deep Space Nine documentary the one thing that I have the, the love about it is that Ira Stephen Bear sense of humor is just very very good and I think there's a part in the documentary where it comes along and they just have yeah like they were showing all the action of James T. Kirk and showing all the action of Captain McCard on the Enterprise D so they have the two Enterprises blasting around and then they show Deep Space Nine 
spinning around and they have like kind of corny music. Oh, wait, <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> how are you meant to make a Star Trek show just sitting on a space station? So uh, yeah, it, it was dark. Uh, kicked off with religion. It kicked off with, you know, uh, a battered people, the Bajorans, um, which again was developed uh, early on with TNG to tie into the Deep Space Nine um, story. But yeah, it, it's a darker side of Star Trek, but I think the great thing that Deep Space Nine had over everything else, it wasn't all of a sudden, like, with TOS you had Kirk, Spock, Scotty, and McCoy. And then you had, like, you know, Ahura, Chekhov, Sulu, and there wasn't too much with the rest of the characters. Uh, TNG followed that too, you know, seven, eight actors. And there was no real, you know, galaxy class starship, thousand people, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it pretty much revolved around the seven. And I think the great thing about Deep Space Nine was it was a space space station, and like they ended up just involving so much more than the typical Star Trek. And I think the secondary characters had a lot to play in making the show kind of, you know instead of just focusing on the seven characters and going back and say you do an episode just based on the on seven characters deep space nine you know went a bit further and like you you had so many great like you the cast you've uh my favorite um garrick the Ferengis, i think like, <laughs> the Ferengi standalone episodes uh were absolutely brilliant the magnificent Ferengi come to mind actually oh, yeah. it was a great great episode but yeah, it, and the other side of it as well, it, like it went back, it touched on quite a lot, like uh, Nog losing his leg, um, kind of like suffering post-traumatic stress. Um, you had like the real issues of the war. It wasn't glorified Star Trek um, in that sense. There was a lot of kind of really, really hard-hitting uh, episodes. Uh, Pale Moonlight, again, dealing with race, which was really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, the first gay scene um Jadzia Dax which was really really kind of cool and you know that, that I think that's what kind of like I think the, the the guys that worked in Deep Space Nine were really really proud of the heritage of TOS um more so they didn't seem to get sidetracked by TNG TNG was the big one um massive but like yeah they you know you look back on it now and you say wow you, you can see TOS DS9 you know, they, they they really pull in, and I think some of the episodes are just are fantastic. The Visitor, uh, probably one of my favorite episodes of all time, but like they really powerful, powerful, powerful script writing. Um, not to be said, like Voyager, Voyager had great episodes. Discovery season one was a bit bit, bit raw. You have uh, like Discovery season two, which is just just got fantastic. And um, the introduction of Pike, with, which was brilliant, and then you you go into uh, like that's I'm really looking forward to season three. Then you've got like the likes of uh, Voyager, which was absolutely fantastic, and you also have Enterprise again. L loved it. Um, some great episodes in there. Um, like uh, like one of the best ones with Enterprise was I think uh, In a Mirror Darkly, which was absolutely oh, fantastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just just uh, just completely just out of the blue, the two parts, yeah. which was absolutely fantastic. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that's true, and it is fantastic how how much um, how much positivity and how much uh, reflection get you can get from from Star Trek in a sense. Um, but one thing that I I, I I tend to ask everyone, and, and um, 
and I would like to know um, what do you feel about it when you when you hear out of the blue Star Trek what is the first thing that comes to your mind ships <laughs> <laughs> wonder why <laughs> ships yeah you, you gotta love the ships and I think that the love of the ships like um, I, I think I remember I got my first model kit it was the D actually it was the Enterprise D I got uh, first and I remember building that and that was that was fun badly badly painted it <laughs> it was like kind of like like not a model kit so much it just became a toy and then the same with the TOS Enterprise so between that and then uh, picking up the Mr. Scott's Guide to the Enterprise which was like you know like straight away you're like wow they really thought out this ship and so forth like that so like that was it easy, easy enough but like the ships have been fantastic and i think it's the other side of the show as, as well as like there's so many creative people working on star trek over the years like between matt jeffries um diakoulis which have done fantastic work in the sense from TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager and Enterprise keeping it all within the Star Trek universe and I know that's kind of like where the newer Star Treks have been criticised. Um, Doug Drexler was fantastic, John Eves, uh, you know, like I, th I think he's overpassed a couple of people now by working on the most Star Trek shows. Um, there's so many more that I've probably forgotten about but like, you know, all the artwork um, everything that they did between set designs um, just absolutely fantastic so like it, it, it's great you know what I mean and I, I have to say one thing about, about that kind of Star Trek family um, the guys in the art departments uh, designers so forth like that are really really friendly they're great on social media they're very interactive with their fans um, which which is great yeah, and you happen to meet quite a few of them um, over you know, um, with Damien in the Nerd Escape podcast. How does that um, change your your um, perce perception towards the ships, in a sense? Yeah, uh, like that. That's a great question because, like, sometimes you can look at look, look at a ship and you say, "Well, why, um, <laughs> John? How could you do this? Why, where are you going with discovery? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we look at the Enterprise E and John Eves designed the Enterprise E, and it's it's everything you want." Um, from a starship, it's it, it's it's a beautiful ship, and then you come to discovery, and we always kind of set up a seven name going back like a ship grows and it's it's a character in itself, and you know, I think between talking to designers and so forth like that, like they do a job like anybody else, and um, they have bosses to answer to and so forth like that, and at the end of the day, is the executive producer producer is going to make a call and tell them what way to go, and you know, you you like. I think if you ever go back and see concept artwork of what could have been, like I know there was some fantastic designs for Star Trek 2009, which, you know, weren't approved. <laughs> the only person that can answer that question is uh, JJ. But you know what I mean? I know some people have criticized the 2009 ship, you know, big bulky nacelles and so forth like that. Yeah, it's kind of stayed true to the, the initial design. but. But uh, I can't remember off the top of my head who designed it now. But in fairness, like his concept work was there. You know, if he had it his way, we probably would have been looking at something fairly similar to the Disco Prize, uh, mm -hmm. the Enterprise that appears in Discovery. So it's great talking to those guys. Um, you know what I mean? And just realistically, you know, before getting an angry fan head on and say, you know, this guy's working. 
uh, he's doing what he's told. So I think yeah, if you're sure. ever going to criticise a starship that's been approved, <laughs> blame the yeah. guy at the top. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it, it is tough. I mean, I can imagine how um, hammered they get sometimes with you know design concepts. I mean, myself as a graphic designer, I've worked for I've worked for clients in the past, and how I imagine like, oh, this would be awesome, and then it comes back so many times, and then you have the final, 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 final. I, I hate project uh, file that like it looks nothing that you that you would approve in normal circumstances, but it makes the client happy. So <laughs> that's that, that's pretty much their job, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, I forgot to mention Rick Sturmack as well. He's, he's, he's such a funny guy, he, big, big uh, NASA space buff. Um, such a character because like we've met them, and this actually might as well give the shout out to Eagle Moss. Like uh, since Eagle Moss started their collection um, at the DSTs, anyway, Ben Robinson has gone out of his way to bring the likes of John Eaves has been over, uh, Rick Sturmack was over, Ryan uh, Denning was over, and a fantastic guy as well, Ryan developed the ships on the expanse mm -hmm. and he's worked on season two discovery so like the stealth ships are his and they're just great guys and normally like anyone that's listening in on the state side in america like you'd be spoiled and now like uh WonderCon and stuff like that you'd, you'd see john Ease or you know what i mean doug would float float around or star trek las vegas you'd see the akudas and stuff like that we don't really get that here and for eagle moss to bring these guys over like you know and it's funny you, you see everyone's there for star trek and to celebrate star trek and everyone's there to get their autograph or their photograph signed and they enjoy the talks and so forth but it, it's great to see the buzz of activity around the eagle moss boot and um, one people admiring the ships and then two just seeing the guys that worked on the shows and designed these ships which and that's that's high praise to the likes of eagle moss because realistically without them chances of meeting these guys would have been slim to none so meeting those guys and, and getting all the information about the ships plus not to mention getting all the ships which i mean i cherry picked a few of them myself i'm i'm i don't have a massive collection just like 10 13 15 ships or something but but like i always wanted to have you know the small ones and i i never imagined that you know we're gonna get like nebula class or futura was one but they didn't do i mean they did a good job back in the days but this this quality that take almost that is just surpasses everything that that came before in a sense yeah. for all the varieties so it's, it's it's absolutely amazing to to have that so oh, one sense of me I, i'm just delighted that i never i was looking at the ventura set for a long time and i just never never got around to buying any and you know what it was worth waiting for <laughs> so i wonder like you you have a massive collection um who anyone anyone who watched your videos they know your background they know you have a massive starship collection if q would pop up one day and ask you that i'm tell you that i'm going to tell take away every shape single models of yours but you only can keep one out of every Ooh. everything that you have which one would you choose oh that's a great question <laughs> i'm just having a glance around the room now at the moment and i think yeah, it, it's gonna be the Bandai uh, Voyager. Um, simple reason, it's it's just one of the best ships in my size. Um, I can't really get her for you for now, but uh, yeah, it'd be the Bandai um, Voyager. Um, and again, like talking to Rick, he 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 was singing praises about Bandai actually, um, and I'm sure it's the same with John Eaves and Doug. Um, Bandai 
like really reached out to the, the creators of the ship and Rick literally threw these guys everything he had between paint colors you know every single ounce of information he had and Bandai took that information and threw it into the ship and um, like the the refit enterprises are, are great I'm looking at the NXL one is absolutely fantastic the Enterprise E is brilliant but it just they got they got the right size for Voyager. It looks great with the lights on. It's just so accurate. It's it's just a beautiful ship. So yeah, that that'd be the one I'd hold on. And you know who who's to judge which one is the best choice? But I'm I'm, I'm uh, yeah. I I, 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 I think it's, it's a it's a good one. Uh, I think like when it always comes down to these questions, you know, there's no wrong answer. You know, everyone has yeah, a reason no, to hold on to yeah. their own ship. So and it's the right reason. Yeah, you know, I, I have a, I'm, I'm sure if I told you that last time when we talked, um, I have a really old AMT Enterprise, a Connie, that I got from a friend for a really cheap, like a pound or so, <laughs> from lying in the attic or something, and it was, um, you know, in a very bad shape, and I patched it up over the years, overpainted it and stuff, and I, I, I told to myself all the time, like, if anyone would come, I have, um, Apart from the Eagle Moss, I have quite a few ships as well um, in the collection at home. But if anyone would take away everything, that would be the only one that I would. Even though if it's it's you know it's it's patched up and it's it's dinky and whatever, I would keep that. Yeah, it's so it's, it's it's a it's a love hate relationship with models and me. Um, but yeah, no, get get where you're going. Like it, it's just spending time. Um, like it's interesting at the moment the, the way that like a lot of people have a lot of extra time on their hands. So. I'm lucky enough that I was in the middle before I was I was out sick and was starting off doing the, the, the 1350 Enterprise uh, refit and lucky enough I had most of the materials there in the house when this this all happened so I think like I've always said it when people are model building like the more time you put into to, to a model is the more you get out of it but even at that like you still make mistakes and only you'll see the mistakes so you develop this love-hate relationship with the model, but I think there is always that just, you know, you walk into a room and you see something that you made, and you go, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something for sure. So, above all things, um, we touched on quite a lot of um, things in, in, in terms of, you know, how the show, um, how you like the shows, what your kind of favorite, and we kind of got to the point when is DS9 is like the absolute favorite. Can we say that uh, <laughs> out loud publicly? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I've always, I've always said Deep Space Nine, um, and you know TOS, TNG, and there's nothing wrong with it. I, like I, I never have any uh, issues with Star Trek: The Next Generation. I think Star Trek: The Next Generation was absolutely fantastic at the time. The gas thing is, it, like, it's just always been something about me. It was, it was just too mainstream. Everyone liked it. <laughs> first uh you know i remember like i remember in school like you wouldn't tell anyone that you like star trek and you know tos and so forth and next generation came around i remember like half like everyone racing from school i think sky one used to show at five o'clock so everyone was racing home from school to watch star trek the next generation like huh? <laughs> what's going on here but like would they admit it no <laughs> but you know that's but it, it was it was a very mainstream TV show and like it, it did everything right. I think the actors were fantastic. It, it's a great show. Um, but uh, yeah, no, deep space now. <laughs> and again, nothing wrong with picking picking a show because every every no, every, it... every choice is a good choice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly for sure. <laughs> so, what would you say? What is your warm blanket when it comes to Star Trek? 
the one that one thing that you think um, comforts you the most? I think, to be honest with you, like that's that's a great question, and the movies. I'm gonna say because like the movies kind of tend to get for, forgotten about, but like just there's nothing better than having a bit of time off and sitting down and you know watching Star Trek the motion picture and watching them straight up to you have to say Star Trek Beyond now you know and they're nice they're you know motion pictures a bit heavy then you've got like the, the Radican which is fantastic then you've got like the three-parter um, Search for Spock Voyage Home that's our two-parter um, even like Star Trek 5 through all its faults it, it's still a good watch uh, Undiscovered Country is just you know it's, it's another brilliant one uh, Generations great then your first contact amazing um, you've got Insurrection Nemesis and in 2009 Into Darkness <laughs> but then Beyond which I know, is great I know how I feel about Into Darkness for sure yeah. <laughs> but like yeah no, that, that would be my comfort I think you know it, it's an easy it's an easy automatic choice you kind of like nearly have the best of both worlds um, and you know it's it, 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 they're great to watch every now and again well, that's that's fantastic, and and and, and thank you very much uh, for all your insights and all everything that you you know the time that you um, that you shared with me today. I, I really enjoyed it. I, it's it's really fantastic to to get to know um, get to know you a bit better. It's a bit more intimately, let's say. Thanks for having us on the show. It's it, it, it's nice. I, I know we've done a few group chats before, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's nice. It's weird without my site. Uh, <laughs> I'm his sidekick, supposedly. So, yeah, it's weird without uh, Batman not being here, uh, the Irish tricky. But uh, come on, you. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking of him. <laughs> I'm Batman I'm, today. I'm Batman. You're Batman today, and I'm I'm the Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope not, though. Well, um, thank you very much again. It was really delightful, and I I really enjoyed it. Um, um, for any of you listeners who um, who um listen to go to the end to end of this uh, thank you very much for tuning in you can find chris on help me out of this so you're available on youtube youtube and twitter, YouTube and twitter. I, I do have a facebook page the facebook page is more just to post videos that are up um but you can catch me on it but mainly youtube and twitter is the places i like to hang out and of course in the nerd escape podcast oh absolutely <laughs> Well, again, thank you very much for uh, for coming here, Cam. Thank you very much for listeners to uh, joining in for another warm blanket, uh, the podcast where we discover and find out what makes us feel about happy, happy about Star Trek. Live long and prosper.